the Chicago Industry Podcast. Music, film, television, business, influencers, entertainers, creators, events, and sports. Celebrating the Chicago Industry Past, Present, and Future. Always remember, Chicago is the culture. You're tuned in to Chicago is the Culture podcast, and I'm your host, Tina. And today we have the handsome Jay Davis. That's beautiful. I wouldn't be called handsome. This Monty called me handsome about 30 minutes ago. Oh, well, well see, it. it wasn't that long ago. Thank you. You just had a birthday, so happy belated birthday. Thank you. Oh, you did your research. I feel good. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year. <laughs> so let's just jump right into this. So let's talk about your series, the Choke on That series, correct? Yes. How long have you been doing that? Um, well, I've been doing sketches for the last five years. Mm-hmm. And um, we put all these sketches together. Me and my partner, Dante Diesel. Um, he yeah. also does all your yeah, he, cinematography he stuff. He does all cinematography and he's mm-hmm. the director. And um, we combine, we have six 22 minute episodes of uncensored sketch comedy. Oh, so that means all the cussing and all the all carrying on. Titty balls, everything. Okay. Yeah. So, what made you like title it "Choke" or that? It was the title came. I want to say like um, 2013. Mm-hmm. It was in a situation I was dealing with somebody, not a woman or not, but just a a bad partnership. Mm-hmm. And so, when I say "choke" on that, it's just like "choke on success." Okay. So that's where that came from. Okay. So you're a comedian. I like to say writer. I'm a writer. More than producer, anything. Okay. Okay. Because I don't get on stage. I, I've been on stage before and did stand up, but it's been a long time. So I don't think I earned the title of comedian. I see a lot of Instagram people say they're comedians. So that's that's funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's people that do what you do and, and, you know, doing the skits and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. they consider themselves comedians. Yeah, they do. I mean, but real, like comedians, the comedians I know that's mm-hmm. been on stage for like 30 years, they don't consider them comedians. Well, okay. the funny people. <laughs> so like the new age kids, they're yeah. like, oh, they funny. That's a good comedian. Yeah. But I, you feel like you you ain't earned your stripes yet. You ain't stood in front of crowds and done all those things. Right, I haven't. I haven't did that. So I wouldn't do disrespect comedians who actually get on stage, who take the booze and the bombs and stuff like that. I can't. Nah. <laughs> so do you think that? <clears throat> um, obviously you don't consider yourself a comedian but you feel like your scrutiny as a sketch comedian writer is a little different it's, a, it's different um because i'm a writer first mm-hmm. so like so on that just to see what i've written and produced like four movies okay. so it was just people and they all happen to be comedy so people just put me in that box but i'd write other stuff other than comedy but i, I get it when people say you're a comedian because it's like the only natural thing to say you see someone doing something funny like oh you're a comedian so what else do you call that person so i get it okay so you're an a writer right let's get this let's get this correct okay jay davis the writer mm-hmm. the actor mm-hmm. playwright yes okay and you directed several films um uh, produce three four feature films mm-hmm. and a sketch comedy series Okay, so sketch and doing movies, which one would you prefer? Um, I like doing movies. 
does that allow you to get your creativity out more? Yeah, it's um, like sketches. A lot of sketches are between like two and five minutes, so you can only mm-hmm. put so much in that mm-hmm. two and five minutes. I like, I think in movies, okay. if that makes sense. No, I understand. And so, um, Maybe some people may not understand what that is. Like, I think in like a broad spectrum, like I think of different scenarios or whatever, so mm-hmm. that's what helps me write movies okay. and opposed to doing stand-up. Okay. So do you take events from like your real life and then add it in? Yeah, events from real life situations. People have told me stuff to happen to them. I'm like, man, that's pretty tragic, but funny at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel bad for you, but I got to write this down. Okay. Um, I did watch one of your films, Not Another Black Movie. Not Another Black Movie. You watched Not Another Black Movie? I did. Thank you. On Amazon Prime. Yes. I watched it today, so I don't want you to think that I watched it a long time ago. No, no, it's cool. Because I was like, okay, let me see. Let me look this up. And then I was like, okay. So that movie, you took like different scenes from other movies yeah. and just put your own twist yeah. on it. It's, are those some of your favorite movies? Those are some of the movies. They were my favorite, and then they start getting repetitive because I start seeing the same thing in other black movies. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I love a good yeah. black movie. I really do. But it's like everyone is the same. Yeah, like, like the light skin guy is the hero. Yeah, the dark skin guy the is villain. the villain. Right? I'm like, come on now. <laughs> It's, so it's like the same thing so I'm like let's make fun of some of these movies and you did a great job it was a really good movie thank you I appreciate that so of all your movies you've done which one is your favorite um my favorite was not another black movie cause mm-hmm. I got to work with a lot of people that I grew up watching okay yeah like I, I used to watch Damon Williams on um um, I used to work with a supervisor that was like his supervisor oh, in the really? beginning. Yeah, it's very creepy. I was like, oh, I had to work with somebody that's weird like this man. Damon Williams. Um, oh yeah, put the feet yes. up. On the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Joe Blunt. That was Joe Blunt. He's a comedian. He's been on like Left for Loser. Leon Rogers. Um, mm-hmm. the original dark skin out Bill. It was like I was working with her because we all heard some things. It was. It's, you know? It goes to show like you can't believe what you hear, especially in a media she was like the nicest little woman i've ever worked with like literally she when we were done filming she was like you guys need help cleaning up i'm like oh, babe, you can't help us clean up what's wrong with you but she was so sweet and we still like keep in contact that's amazing because you know they've some said some wild yeah, things did. about her wild, and see she has that personality because maybe yeah. she has a strong personality a strong it takes a it takes a special person to deal with someone that has yes. such a strong personality yes she has a, a very strong personality and people are intimidated of it i believe but she's a sweetheart and then you have some um chicago comedians in yeah. there yeah we had comedian famo play uncle earl um he was like the outtakes were hilarious um just niece um who else leon Rod- uh what's his name Mike Samp. Mike Samp. He was a name. It was so many comedians in that world. So do you feel like coming from Chicago, mm-hmm. were you born and raised here? Oh, yeah. Okay. South side, west side? Uh, west suburbs, Bellwood. Oh, okay, I live in Hillside. You're a neighbor. I wasn't raised out there, but I do live there now. Okay, so that's like borderline West Side, you know. So you that's a hop, skip, and a jump away from the West Side. Exactly, right there. But it's... it's, it's you get a little city action, just a little bit, not a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you feel like coming from this city it has such a bad rep to it? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To be where you are now, do you mm-hmm. think that being from Chicago has hindered you from evolving and going a little further in your career? No, not really. It's just a matter of 
the right person seeing my stuff at the right time. So it's not about what you know, it's about who no. you know. Yeah, it is. Just look at Lil Rel. Lil Rel's on show on Fox now. He's from Chicago. Right. Um, D-Ray, Corey Holcomb. It's just the you, the right people have to see your stuff at the right time. Now, are, okay, you being in a position that you're in, do any of those bigger names, have they ever, have they reached back for you? Because I, I, mm-hmm. I've done a lot of things like on the music world side mm-hmm. and people will elevate and get to that next step, but they mm-hmm. don't ever reach back for the little guys. It is, and you know what? I get it. Uh, a little, I get it a little bit. I know Lil Rail has reached back and mm-hmm. have like a few people um, as far as putting them on the writing team. Like mm-hmm. Wildcat, comedian Wildcat, he um he actually appeared on the episode of Rail or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he he's reached back, but sometimes people are in a position where they're barely at where they're supposed to be. Okay. They're like barely there. So it's like for them to reach back is like. I'm. I might not. I'm not. I'm teetering the pot, basically. <laughs> so okay. I get it. Like if you're like you know a gatekeeper, so to speak, mm-hmm. then I think yeah, you should reach back and help people, especially who looked out for you. So do you? I don't know how to put this. Um, so by you being in the position that you're in and coming from Bellwood, which is probably I don't know how old you are but maybe when you were growing up it was probably way different than what it is now yeah maybe a lot of different (laughs) so do you ever um like go back and not to say that it's a terrible year we have to go back and give back to your community Mm -hmm. but do you do anything like for the youth in Chicago right now to teach them what you do and how to take those steps to go on a straight and narrow kind of path you know Dante Diesel, we we do career days, a few career days a year, okay. and just go to different middle schools, grade schools, and just tell kids like, you know, be creative. It's nothing wrong with being creative. I know they don't teach you to be creative like they, they should. They don't, don't teach entrepreneurship in college like they should because mm-hmm. um, they want you to work a job. So I'm like, we encourage kids to be creative, and those dreams that you think aren't attainable, they might be attainable. You just gotta go for them. So if you could. First of all, you have your movie on Amazon Prime, which is like super dope. I feel like, Thank you. and is that an easy platform like like to get on or it, you have it's a lot of um, specs and stuff you have to go through. Mm-hmm. So you have to it's like a lot of technical stuff you have to do to get your film on there, mm-hmm. and they still have to approve it because they can't have like brutality against women. It's certain things you can't have on there. Okay, so. It's not hard and it's not easy, if that makes sense. Was that like one of your biggest accomplishments? You feel? Um, one, yeah, like the um, the success of not another black movie. We put it on there last October, mm-hmm. and we right now we're at like twenty million minutes watched. Really? So I didn't realize how popular it was. Um, the reason we put it on there, a friend of mine sent me a picture. Of a guy, of a, a copy of not another black movie, a bootleg copy. Really? And he was like, "Yo, um, I saw this on Madison and Pulaski. I took it from the guy, and the guy told him like, yeah, 'Yeah, we've been bootlegging this movie for like the last six months.' And so I like freaked out, and I posted it, and like everybody knew about it. I'm like, why didn't y'all tell me this? So, <laughs> so how did you originally market the movie? We we just marketed like Facebook ads, Instagram ads, stuff like that. We did screenings. We did like three screenings for the mm-hmm. movie. And it just got out somehow. So they bootlegging it on Madison Pulaski, yeah. probably over on Stony Island somewhere. Exactly. So it's all through the city. Mm-hmm. And so you just were like, let me just try this. Yeah. 
and it just it took off. We put it on there right around the holiday time, so people are in the house yeah. watching movies, and so it just went crazy. <laughs> like, and it's still it's still doing great numbers now. So, do you think has that like boosted your popularity more than what it was? A little bit. Um, <laughs> Are the ladies knocking your door down? No, no, no. Like, it's the singers. The singers get all the love. Comedians be like, "Oh, you so funny." I'm gonna go home now. <laughs> they do not do y'all like that. I don't believe it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it helps out a lot. It um, we I got nominated. Me and Diesel got nominated. And won an award, the Happo Awards in LA. Um, what was this in September? Okay. For not another black movie. So and what's the Happo Award? It's the oh man, it's <laughs> the Hollywood African Pride Awards. Okay, well that's good. Yeah. So you and Diesel's his name. Mm-hmm. You guys are good friends, yes. best friends. We're, we're like brothers. <laughs> like I met him. I used to do my show as a podcast called the Jay Davis Show. And uh, we met him through Jay Hollins, who's a singer. He mm-hmm. was shooting his video, and it was like, it's a, "You guys to meet, you guys to hook up." He's been doing cinematography for like twenty years, mm-hmm. and he works for NBC right now. Mm-hmm. And so he's always wanted to do film. He mm-hmm. just works in news, so I just start sending him scripts, and we just start filming. So he does all of your work. Yes. So would you ever like venture out, or you just stick to what you know? I'm sticking to what I know. I mean, it's it, been working. Yeah, it's been working. So I'm if not it ain't gonna broke, don't fix exactly. it. Exactly. Okay. That's dope. So if you could, what's your next like? If you could do the next big thing, what would you do? Um, like as far as project wise, mm-hmm. right now we're trying to shoot not another black movie too. Okay. It's been written for the last two years. We just gotta get a budget. We need a, a really. I want a, a bigger budget than we had last time. So how are you going about doing that? I'm um, just looking for investors, um, doing crowdfunding stuff like that. So is it working? It's working so <clears> far. <throat> I believe we're gonna shoot it this year. That's my goal. And we're currently we're filming season two of Choke on That. So obviously the sketch comedy is easier yeah. to film yeah. versus a full all out now movie. Right. So, I always wondered this. How do you go about, like, if you're, like, doing scenes, you reach out to that? Do you have to reach out to the local? Like, you go to a restaurant, you film in a restaurant, you just go to the local restaurant, you have to go to the... I go to a local restaurant. We usually, we scout stuff, like, two, three weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. And just go ask the owner, like, do you mind if you shoot here? Or how much, what would it take for us to shoot here? Do you have an hourly rate or mm-hmm. something like that? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, if you can give advice to anyone that's like wanting to be in your position, mm-hmm. um, don't stop. You gotta be persistent. You can't stop. Um, no dreams are too big or small. Or small. You just gotta keep going. So, is this something that you always wanted to do as a child? I always wanted to make people laugh and entertain people, but I didn't know how. Really? So, it seemed like it just comes natural to you. It, I, I, I was always like I was the youngest in my family, so I was always the um, the icebreaker, mm-hmm. so to speak. I was always made people laugh in my family, so I never really, I never even took writing serious until 2010 when I started writing. I know mm-hmm. I could always write like reports and stuff, mm-hmm. but it never clicked like yeah you should write I'm like I don't want to be no secretary I'm not writing <laughs> so how did you stumble upon writing did you take a class or is this something that just I just started writing random sketches like about bad date experiences that I had 
<laughs> and I just kept writing and um, I started developing characters and from all those short stories mm-hmm. I created my first movie based off of the characters in my short stories and where can people find those movies <laughs> on, that's a good question the first, my first movie is called The House Will Take Over watch it at your own risk it's my first movie so it's on Amazon oh, it <laughs> it's on Amazon as well um yeah, just watch that channel. This is my first movie, so don't judge me. Yeah, don't judge me. I was <laughs> I was in a different headspace then. Uh-huh. So, what are the names of your other movies? Um, the let's see, not another zombie movie. That's on Voodoo, Tubi TV, um, Amazon Prime. It wasn't Best Buy, but Best Buy stopped carrying physical CDs and DVDs, mm-hmm. and it was in Walmart as well. Oh, like the little yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, so you have really good energy. I'm a, oh, that's I'm, a good thing. I'm an energy person. So it's like some people be like, oh, let me say, wait, but you have yeah. a. I'm not a cokehead, so that helps. <laughs> some <laughs> of those, those are questionable characters. Those <laughs> kind of people, but you have good energy. Like you seem like you're like super level headed, and you're just really chill and easygoing. And that's always good things come to people. Like that helps. That. You can't stress out about stuff. So what did you do for New Year's? I stayed in the house. I was with family. Really? I don't got time to be out in these streets like that. No turn up for you? No turn up. It ain't nothing out here but um, bullets and STDs. And I'm not trying to catch either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> bullets and STDs. It wasn't that bad last I went out last night. Yeah? yeah. What did you do? I went to um, Velvet, so I had a good time. We were standing on couches. Oh, that was all you turned up. <laughs> you turned, you, when standing on couches, you know, just bring. Normally, I'm in the house, but okay. I was like, God, oh, no, I gotta get. You on top of furniture, yeah. you having a good time. We had a really good time. Yeah. No, but so, like, do you do your filming in Chicago? Or? We, we did a lot of filming in Chicago. We I took my first trip to LA believe it or not um, last year last I took three out there to LA last year my first one was last January and I went back in February and Diesel came with me and we found like two sketches out there mm-hmm. we found like a boys in the hood kind of sketch yeah, <laughs> yeah we were in an actual alley that Ricky got shot okay. we googled it so it was pretty cool to shoot there so do you prefer shooting in Chicago is it easier to shoot no, here yeah, I mean it's great in LA. We shot. We were outside in February with no coat on. <laughs> so question about this out. Yeah, better. you can get so much more done out there. It's hard to shoot outside. I don't like the cold, so we don't do any outdoor stuff past October. I don't like the cold. You I hate the cold. <laughs> I can't. I can't get used to this. It's like getting used to torture. I cannot get used to this. You know, it's coming every year. Yeah, it is. It's, it's I'm, more winter. And I'm we have two seasons: yeah. winter and construction season. <laughs> construction season. <laughs> Summer funny. is like six weeks. Right. So yeah, it's been, we had a good December. December's good. It's been what in the thirties and forties. So we are um, actually shooting. We were shooting indoor Sunday. So. How it. long does it take you to film a movie? A movie, we started for none of the black movie. I think it took us 15 days and we only filmed on a weekend. So. It's that fast? It, it seemed like a long time, but we started in May, finished in August. So we filmed like every weekend. Really? Yeah. I would think it take like months or something. Like it is for some years. people it does, but we get a lot of done. If you're organized. Mm hmm. You can do it fast. I know some people like are still shooting a movie from like two years ago. I'm not gonna say who they are, but good luck. <laughs> but like, how does how, how does that work if if 
if it's taking them years to film movies, don't like times change. Like, do you have to continue to rewrite your it's content? Like, see, I or? know I've seen situations where women, their hairs is totally different. Like, that people gain weight over that time. Like, it's hard, but that goes with like pre production. Mm-hmm. If you don't plan stuff out, you go over budget and you can't shoot anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, if people rent equipment and they don't have any money to rent equipment, then you're not shooting anything. So, True. I've seen situations like that where people just are not they don't know what they're getting into they think everyone thinks it's easy that's the biggest misconception it's not easy well, I think it's because people think that if you pick up a camera you find something you shoot it and voila <laughs> yeah. and you go to the computer and make yeah. a little magic happen exactly so as long as it takes to shoot a movie it takes to edit the movie so if it took uh, three months to shoot a movie it's going to take three months to edit the movie well it's all the content and yeah so what kind of people do you like to work with people people would like you say good energy people would like to laugh i do a, we do a lot of stuff that's um uncensored and people get sensitive you can't be sensitive around the laugh stuff happens true <laughs> it's just that's just the way the world is we talk about a lot of sensitive subjects um like the me too movement we touch on a lot of racial stuff <laughs> but it's just like at the end of the day like laugh i'm not i'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings i'm just trying to make something that's bothering people mm-hmm. make it make them happy about it it makes sense yeah. do you think it's when you make people laugh it's easier for them to digest a very heavy topic yeah i do because um, <clears throat> especially with race because people like right now with the, the the person we have in office people are really sensitive about race there's certain things that you could say a long time like five years ago that you can't say now and people I think they're just overly sensitive about a lot of stuff I agree I feel like anything someone says about race is how they've always felt it right now we're in a time where there's someone higher in office that mm-hmm. makes it okay for mm-hmm. them to think that they can say that to anybody right and so it's like okay yeah, you know we, we have a game show called is this racist and it's basically saying like be careful what you say because you might get you it, it might not be nothing to you but to this person you saying it to you might get punched in the face very much so. <laughs> you might like you can accidentally assume that a black person want a grape drink or some grape to drink and they, that might set them off <laughs> oh yeah or like when you like at the company summer party like oh get some of that sweet watermelon over like, there like, like, like I'm, I don't even eat that shit like, you gotta think like is, is this person racist or do I gotta choke them or are they just stupid you don't know <laughs> But you know what? Um, I notice sometimes is that when people make light of like a, a racism and especially racism, people make light of it and it turns into like comedy. It kind of like brings people together to yeah. talk about those kinds of things. Whether you're white, black, purple, blue, green, mm-hmm. whatever, like it makes it a little bit easier for people to talk. So it does. Like every talk like the when we screen the the pilot for Choke on that. <laughs> It was just like a bunch of different races in the audience because I know a lot of different people, mm-hmm. and everyone laughed at the same stuff because they got it. Mm-hmm. It was uh, this one is this racist sketch about um, I walked into a convenience store and I wanted to get some condoms with and, a Chinese lady. Yeah, and she mm-hmm. instantly thought that I wanted the Magnum condoms. Right. White people got it, <laughs> and it's funny. Right. <laughs> right, they understood. Like, oh yeah, the thing about the black guys, we get it. It's funny. <laughs> 
they're not all hung like horses, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Gold rappers are not for exactly. everyone. <laughs> Correct. It's not, it's not all black guys. It's like me and like five other people, but not all black guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you hope that people take from your sketch series or your movies? Um, honestly, because... Oh my goodness! Listen, Say that word again. Honesty. That is one word for 2019. Honesty. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like we we poke fun at a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, we shed light on serious stuff. Like not another black movie. The deeper meaning is about family dysfunction, especially in the black community, because yes. we never talk about mental health issues. One of the one scene that stood out to me, um, the three sisters that were sitting at the table, mm-hmm. and they were talking about how. That's kind of like uh, how they were brought up, but they don't necessarily talk about it. Yeah. And one of the exactly. sisters was like, "Well, why are you bringing that up? We not we said we weren't gonna talk about that." Exactly. And so it put me in a mind frame of there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes in families mm-hmm. that we don't that people necessarily don't talk about, especially mm-hmm. not more so for the boys or men in the family, more mm-hmm. so for the woman, mm-hmm. because I feel like um, moms. Uh, raise their daughters but watch their sons if you know what I mean I know exactly and so it's like for women it's so much harder put on us you know like mm-hmm. we gotta you gotta learn how to make sure you know how to cook when you leave a body in, mm-hmm. but make your brother play yeah. uh, you gotta learn how to clean the house Oh, he just gonna throw out the trash he don't gotta wash the dishes that's a woman's thing yeah. or if um if I go to the deep side me or like in one in the movie when they were saying it was like if there's like something that happens and like say a uncle or somebody rapes a girl mm-hmm. they push it to the side yeah, he didn't my brother wouldn't he would never that. dare my brother now, now don't tell nobody that you know what I mean so it's, it's kind of like those the those deep rooted issues mm-hmm. are like one of those just keep sweeping it under the rug. So we gonna see the pile getting deeper <laughs> up under there. Oh, what? Hey, no. And one of the, the sisters, she's like, "Well, we said we weren't gonna talk about that." Anymore. And they grow up still mentally messed up mm-hmm. and bring that into a new relationship, and and you're not healed. You have, you have had therapy. You're dealing with twenty plus years of chaos pain and, and chaos. Yeah. So do you do you think that? Everyone should see a therapist. I think everyone should see a therapist. Yeah, at least once in a while. You might have something wrong with you. You don't even know it. Your girlfriends are not your therapists, number one. Yeah, not. <laughs> the Facebook's not your therapist. <laughs> you know, I'll laugh at people. I'm like, oh, you really messed up. I thought my day was going bad, but. <laughs> Do you think people run to social media? If if social media wasn't what it is today, mm-hmm. if it was like we were back in MySpace days, right. do you think people would act the way they act now? I don't think so, because people do a lot of stuff for likes. A lot of stuff for likes and views, and I'm like, it's not that serious. Like, do you you need someone to talk to? Mm-hmm. If you're doing all this stuff and putting all your pain out there for people, you do you want people to say it'll be okay? Like, don't worry, I'm gonna pray for you. I don't want everybody here praying for me because everybody <laughs> praying ain't no good. Praying, exactly. Okay? I'm like, some of y'all not really good with God right now, so I don't want him. <laughs> God don't even want your prayer, right. let alone say so. Oh, Send one up for me, fella. No, keep yeah. it. So, nah. How old are you? 38. I look good for your age. Oh, thank you. I don't see no cocaine. That's what happens. You know what? Cocaine is <laughs> probably good for somebody. Just Some people us. need it. Some people need it. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know nothing about all that. <laughs> but, um, so, if you could change 
anything in the state of Chicago right now, what would you do? Um, make more things accessible for people, for filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Other than like, cinema space is a good place for people to shoot, but it's not affordable. Everybody can't afford to shoot something. I read space is in a space. Mm-hmm. I would make something afford like a studio affordable to the average indie filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll do it. And the age old question: mm-hmm. the youth of Chicago. Mm-hmm. What would you like if you could do something about it? What would you do? I think more more emphasis on education mm-hmm. and uh, more emphasis on being creative have more platforms I saw something someone posted that they put like a full production studio in a, a prison so the inmates were like trying to make music in jail like you have to give someone people you can't do better if you don't know better mm-hmm. so if you're not seeing anything why would I stop doing what I'm doing and I can't see a better way Mm-hmm. So if you can see it better way, maybe you can go that way. So give them more options, basically. Right. So do you think that um, if you go anywhere, they're like, "Oh, you from Chicago? I'm so scared of you." <laughs> I hope not. I'm, I went to private school. Like you scared of me? Something wrong with you? But you know, when you go other places and yeah. they find out you from Chicago, what's the first thing they do? They're like, oh, you got you got a pistol on you? Right. <laughs> so they think like, violent. I'm like, no. Nah. It's like I don't got dreads, so like. I'm like, yeah, I got dreads. So. Dreads does not equate to you being dangerous. They don't, one. but people look at that and they assume everybody with dreads is Chief Keef cousin or something. Chief Keef, I, <laughs> I have a different outlook on Chief Keef. I think he's a creative kid. I think he turned his situation and turned it oh, around. Yeah. I think he got the right people behind him mm-hmm. that's pushing him in the proper direction. Mm-hmm. Quiet as cup, he may not be nothing here, but those kids love him. He still like, has a fan base. No, man. still he sells out arenas and yeah. kids just love him. You yeah, know what I mean? His movement, like nobody can never take away his movement and what he did just out of his grandmother's living room. Yeah. He made a movement from his grandmother's living room, so nobody can take that away. He ain't had no help from Kanye or, or R. Kelly or nobody like that. So do you think like the the bigger name guys in the music industry, I ain't never seen them really step back and say, hey, let me step in and, and help this. Besides, you know, when Kanye was just here and, you know, he got monopping all of them back behind him, yeah. getting him right in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Do you think that their presence could, if they did more for the city, that the youth would be more receptive to that? I just honestly think Kanye is too out of touch with the youth. Right now, I don't think he's like GLC and really do I know them. They're in touch with the youth. Oh, they definitely do a lot yeah. for the city and the youth. And yeah. But I think Kanye is he's just too out of touch right now. Not saying he he won't change, but I think because I remember now. before he really really like threw the wire, Kanye. Yes, <laughs> like. I met him on several different occasions and he was very relatable, very approachable, mm-hmm. you know, and now it's like you just let the Hollywood get to Yeah, it's too. like it's you, you hear him talk and he did the GCI interview and that was a good interview. He cried and everything. <sighs> but I just don't think he, he, he's in touch with you. And it just seemed like Everything he was saying was stuff GLC and really though was telling him to say. But you do realize that's once Monop got back in his circle. Yeah. John Monopoly is a god in city. Oh yeah. I think he's so dope. And I think that if you don't have the proper people in your circle, sometimes you can go a little haywire. And you have to you have to keep those people around you. So I hope going forward he keeps those people around him. But I mean that's the only way he would go back to the Kanye that I grew up loving. 
So, as far as what you're doing, are there a lot of sketch comedians in Chicago? <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of them. And I, I get it. It's a, a lot of them do sketches. But... I guess it's like a disconnect because the sketch comedy that I grew up on, like Robert Town and Living Color, stuff like that, is they had a message to them, and I see like a lot of different um, people <clears throat> doing sketches, and I'm like, I think they're just yelling and cursing through the whole thing, and it's just I'm like, what's going on? I'm I'm lost. I'm like, maybe I'm old. I don't know. Because there is um, I I don't know if you consider like I guess it's a roast comedy thing, but like all the some YouTubers, mm-hmm. they sit in like a classroom and they just like jokes back and forth. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty funny. Yeah, I haven't seen that before. Yeah. There's roast each other in classroom. Yeah, what's it called, Kayla? Roasting. Oh Roasting. yeah, it's really good. Like, okay. and I think that's pretty dope. But like in Chicago, I, I know I've seen like um. What's his, uh, Keith is his name, him, and um, Mike Sam been doing a couple I like Mike of Sam. I like uh, Mike sketch Sam. things that's actually, like, really funny. Yeah. Um, I like corporate. Corporate is, like, really, I like him because he's creative and it's different mm-hmm. stuff. That he yeah. So, if you could build, like, anything to keep, like, all the comedians and stuff together, like, would you do that? Yeah. I would look like I honestly and I don't know if this is biased but I think Chicago's like the funniest city it is in the world I just think I don't think any other city comes close to Chicago it's it's so good that like a lot of comedians they go to LA like Corey Holcomb D-Ray Davis and people don't even realize they're from Chicago mm-hmm. but they but they all I feel like Chicago. we anyone from Chicago could adapt anywhere yeah I honestly believe because the city is so diverse you can go on one side of town and get this mm-hmm. and then you travel 20 minutes south and you be in a whole yeah. another area yeah so there's so many comedians is like are on top right now from Chicago from Hanover as Lil Rel D-Ray Corey Holcomb it's, it's a lot of comedians that's doing their thing Chris Red he's on Saturday Night Live like yes. making it to Saturday Night Live is like that's where comedians want to be at so your next project is not another black movie too. Yes. That we're gonna complete in 2019. Yes, we are. Release in 2020. Mm-hmm. Put that in the universe. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's gonna be out. It's gonna be out. My goal. If we can shoot it fast enough, we release uh, the first not another black movie on Black Friday. Shot mm-hmm. it. We shot it and um, screened it the same year. So Black Friday was a good day to release a movie. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why, but we had like 800 people show up to the premiere. Oh, that's dope. That's because people didn't eat their food. And right. <laughs> now they're trying to find something to get into. Yeah. Where did you do your screening at? It was at the Patio Theater on Urban Park Road. Oh, so up north. Yeah. Okay. So, where can people find you at? Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, J Davis, J A Y Davis, T P. I'm on Snapchat too. I just be creeping on Snapchat, but I'm on. A oh, you just one of those. I'm let's yeah, through. I'll post a snap here and there, but Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and my website jdavisfilms.com. And you have content on YouTube, or yeah, on YouTube. My YouTube is J twenty five Davis. The letter J twenty five Davis. And if you could leave anybody, leave the listeners with one thing. What would you leave them with? Um, be the best version of yourself you can be. And don't let anyone tell you that your dreams are too small or too big. Oh, look at you. 
<laughs> you are so easy to talk to. <laughs> That's a good thing. Because some people it's like pulling teeth to have a conversation uh, with I've them. I've been there before. I, I used to interview a lot of rappers. I had a rapper. He was. I'm not gonna say his name. He probably overdosed, but he was high. <laughs> like we had some. Hey, spit something. He like I don't got nothing. Like whatever you wrote, man. I don't. He nodded a little bit. I'm like, this is terrible. Oh man, because I have a podcast too, and sometimes I just be like, "All right, cut, just just leave it alone." Yeah, you go to so where if people want to look you up. Where can you find them? <laughs> <laughs> get the student up out of here? Next is that? Okay, <laughs> I do have a. How do you cast your people? I usually post like um, we do like casting like maybe two or three times a year, and just post it in different acting groups. Like, mm-hmm. hey, look for people, this new talent, new faces come mm-hmm. out. Have people do a monologue, a two minute monologue, stuff like that. Do people get scared when they do it? They or? always get scared. I'm like, we be trying to break the ice, like make them laugh. Like, it's okay. This is not gonna make or break your life. Just be yourself. I want people to be their self, be their natural self. Kind of, you have like a camera sitting. Yeah, we do have a camera. <laughs> that could be a little scary. Yeah. So, I mean, but uh, we get a majority of the people that we cast, I mean, that we audition, we end up casting. Because we find something in that person that will be good on camera. Do you mentor anybody? Um, I I don't like using that word because I don't feel that I have the accolades to mentor. But um, my guy, his name is Reggie. Mm-hmm. And um, he's a filmmaker too. So he'll call me. We'll talk for like 30, 45 minutes. He called me his mentor, so I give him a lot of good advice. I think it's good advice. So. I mean, you've been through some things. You yeah. have you have things under your belt, mm-hmm. and you have a, no- a lot of knowledge to give to someone else. Mm-hmm. So you are a mentor. Yeah. It's probably people who look at your films and that we, you don't even know, and they think like, oh, my God, he did such a great job. Mm-hmm. And they just follow you throughout your career, and yeah. they look up to you. That's cool. That's, I think that's dope. Um, the one thing I can tell people is try to monetize your content. Stop giving stuff away for free. You can do as many Instagram. I I don't care about followers. <laughs> like I mean, they're great, mm-hmm. but I would rather have twenty thousand dollars mm-hmm. than twenty thousand followers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, because if you're not making any money off your content, you just posting stuff for the hell of it. Just for the shits and giggles. Yeah. So I mean that's my thing. Like everything we we shoot, we monetize of it on it some way, some whip shape form or fashion. You think it's easier to make money these days? Yeah, you can. Amazon makes it easy. Um, even on YouTube, you can get your YouTube numbers up to it. It's it's harder to make money on YouTube because they're crooks and they don't really really pay out stuff. But you can you can put together a compilation of stuff. And if your close friends and family support you. You can put together a DVD. I know people don't watch DVDs, or you can put it on a flash drive and sell your flash drive. Mm-hmm. But you can do it instead of just putting random sketches on the internet for likes mm-hmm. over and over again. Like I don't know what people's what their goal is. Maybe they want it to be shared in a million other places, and I guess someone uh, be like, "That is the one I want." That's right the one there. I want. That can happen. But in the meantime, you need money to shoot some stuff make money off your content and it's easy because you own your own content at this point you don't have anyone dipping into your stuff exactly well 
you super dope to talk to. Thank you. I appreciate Wish it. I could dig deeper. You are a great interviewer. Like, I've had, this is how I know when the interview goes wrong, I start saying ridiculous stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've had horrible people. They said my name wrong. They called me Diesel Davis. And I'm like, I know what time it is. I'm going to give them the worst interview I can. Oh, that's but so you cool. actually, you even knew my birthday, which I want to give you kudos for. <laughs> Because at this point, I'm forgetting my birthday. <laughs> oh, well, don't forget that. That's the, Out of all the holidays in mm-hmm. the world, I feel like your birthday is like the biggest one you celebrate. Yes. I, I agree. I started celebrating my birthday consistently. Because like, you have to celebrate yourself. Yeah. I feel like New Year's and your birthday are the two biggest holidays. There's going to be a time where you can't even get out of bed to celebrate your birthday. Yes. So enjoy it. I feel like if if don't nobody celebrate you, you celebrate yourself. I agree. And the new year, we don't say new year, new me. You just evolving into the next phase. Right. Don't say, hey, I saw so many. Oh, 2008 just killed me. 20, 2018 was the worst ever. I'm like, sorry, mine was great. I can't, but I can't say that to people. So, Well, I think uh, 2018 probably revealed a lot more people's true selves. Yeah. Because I'm like a super universe person, but there are so many retrogrades this year that took you through an emotional roller coaster. Mm. And so you saw sides of people that you've never seen before. Mm. So you had to learn how to deal with self on a lot of different levels. Mm. Look it up. I'm telling you, look it up. And dates coincide. Planet Mars was in Pluto, and Pluto was in Uranus, and your everything was like a whirlwind. Did you ever get twenty eighteen? I, I had, it was like a roller coaster. It was up and down. It was I had, up and down. Mine was pretty much up. Then it took a little dip, but it's it pretty it mellowed out. At the I end. feel like if anything is just too amazing, I don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be able to tell a story and get to. You know, I knew get through was, some things. I was going like through the year. And I was, I got the August. I'm like. This year's going pretty pretty good. I'm like, something bad's about to happen. <laughs> like, it ain't so, it ain't never been this good. I'm gonna have I'm gonna get hit by a bus. Something's gonna happen. I'm gonna hit by the bus. I don't want you to get hit by a bus. But, but I mean, it's sure enough. It was like I had a, a death in the family. I'm like, I knew it was coming. I knew something because it was like this year was going so great. Well, 2019, we gonna finish filming. We gonna start and finish filming. Yes. 2020 Black Friday. Yes. We're gonna put the movie out. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be amazing. I believe that for you. I'm gonna get some some great celebrities, hopefully, just new cameos in the movie. So, gonna be some of the characters like Uncle Earl's coming back. He's it, funny. Yeah. So I can. What can I tell about the movie? It picks up right after the last movie. Okay. And so Jimmy now has two kids from. His mistress and his wife. Oh. <laughs> um, Daryl's doing comedy, but he separated from his wife because he cheated on him. Oh. And um, Veronica and Jackson's getting married, so okay. It's a lot of a lot of chaos is gonna happen. Well, Mr. Davis, I enjoy you taking your time out of the first day of the year to come hang with me for a little bit. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. I feel great. I feel important. <laughs> you are important. Mm-hmm. If, if, if nobody ever told you, I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to hang with me. Thank you. Make sure you go on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. and go watch Not Another Black Movie on Amazon Prime. Yes. 
he has other movies on there as well mm-hmm. so make sure you support 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 we support our own mm-hmm. and on that note the Chicago is the culture Pro- podcast is brought to you by Chicago Industry Magazine peace out peace